Hey guys, Jackie Sinclair here. Welcome to Not Just a Mama Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number three and happy almost Thanksgiving. Um, We are two days out, one day out from Thanksgiving and I want to have this episode around something really personal to me, um, a journey that I've taken the last few years, but I also want to tie it in with some gratitude and understanding of our blessings to kind of theme in the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, I have recorded this specific episode literally about 10 times and each time either I get interrupted by a child, animals, or a husband, (laughs) or I stumble and I can't finish it because I get emotional. So I'm going to try really hard to make this one the last one and final one and also keep it short. (laughs) So the personal journey I want to talk about is three years ago, I was diagnosed with the early stages of cervical cancer. And from that, I had a hysterectomy. And so I want to open up the conversation around that a little bit on my not just my uh, journey in a physical sense, but um, I really want to focus on the emotions that someone feels when they're going through something like that. And even after the fact, I'm three years out now and there's still things that I struggle with on a regular basis. So I want to open the conversation up to that. And then in closing, I want to kind of revisit the theme of um, being grateful and having that, that gratitude within you. And then um, kind of make this available then for people who either um, are going through this something similar situation or know someone who um, they can offer some additional support to. So three years ago, um, I received the diagnosis that I had early stages of cervical cancer. And my diagnosis was a rare one. I had uh, what they talked about as skipping lesions. What essentially was happening is these lesions were moving around the uterine wall lining and eating away at my healthy tissues. And then once they were done in a section, they would move to another section. And so based off of this, my doctor recommended a hysterectomy due to the fact that We could get a clear reading and then months, years later, I could have a reading that is um, much more severe. Um, Being that we caught it so early, prevention obviously is going to be the key factor here. And so why not prevent me from ending up with stage three, stage four, and then possibly having them allowing those lesions the opportunity to get into my uh, fallopian tubes up into my ovaries, which could cause ovarian cancer, which is much, much um, more damaging. So the process was um, altogether, it was probably about five months from my initial pap smear um, where I had the abnormal reading to the actual surgery. And so it happened fairly fast. 
Um, and all of my uh, appointments leading up to that final uh, appointment where we decided on surgery, they were within, I'd say, three to four weeks of each other, back to back to back. Now, during all of this, I never told anybody what was happening. The only people that knew what was going on were my husband and my manager at work. Um, and looking back now, I can say I did that selfishly because I did not want to admit to myself what was happening. I didn't want to bring it to the surface because then it would be real. And I thought to myself, if I, if, I, I rationalized it as I don't want to concern my, my family and friends. I don't want to make a big deal out of something until it needs to be a big deal. But that's not really why I did it. I did it because I didn't personally want to acknowledge what was happening. And it took me a long time to, to realize that and understand why I did it and allow myself to be okay with that I did it. It's okay that I was selfish in that manner. So I received the call that, you know, this was happening. I had a rare condition of the cancer. And for that reason, the doctor was going to say, um, was suggesting the hysterectomy. Now, she gave me a list of other treatment options as well. So it wasn't just, this is it. Um, it was, this is what I'm recommending, but if you don't feel that this is the right one for you now, here are some other options. And to be quite honest, I didn't like the other options. Uh, the other options were do nothing, um, and wait for it to progress. Um, and I didn't under even understand that option as being an option. Uh, why would I want this thing these things in me to have the ability or the opportunity to move around and for the cancer to possibly spread. So that was one option. The other option was to do a continue uh, cycle of what they call leap procedures, which essentially um, they laser your, your uterus lining to try to expose healthy tissues. Again, though, with that, I ran the, um, the risk of getting a clean reading. So, hey, all of the tissue that's exposed right now is healthy. There's no abnormalities. There's no cancer cells. But up, 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 up through the different walls is a lesion and it's just eating, eating away until at some point it presents itself as a danger to my body. And then they say, oh, hey, guess what? You have stage three cancer. Um, I didn't want that. Plus, I had a really terrible reaction to one of the numbing agents during the LEAP procedure. And I ended up having what I can only describe as like a full body breakdown. I started shaking uncontrollably. Uh, my body um, temperature, my heart rate, and my blood pressure skyrocketed. And I began crying just having an emotional break. And I was also sitting in a very vulnerable position. And because of that reaction I had to one of the numbing agents, they had to wait for it to wear off um, and then go in 
and take the samples and do the laser the laser procedure uh when I, I I could feel all of it I was not numb I could feel everything and it was a very painful um and traumatic experience for me when I would never wish upon anybody um I have never experienced anything traumatic, um, really, ever, um, in any sense, I guess. Um, but that was actually very scary for me. And even when I talk about it, it makes me get emotional because of the pain. Not only the actual physical pain it caused, but the emotional energy that I, I, I put out during it was it's it just kind of still takes my breath away that it happened and so I would have to continue doing those every six months and I said absolutely not I'm not putting myself through that that was torture that was a terrible terrible thing that I don't ever want to have to go through again so the only um kind of avenue to go down was the this the surgery and so initially I just went with it I didn't really give myself the opportunity to talk not talk about it to think about it I just said okay let's do this and we're going to schedule it and that will be that and then once it was scheduled it became real and I had to talk to my friends and family about it and I had to make sure that they knew what was going on. Um, and that's when it all really hit me what was happening. And I was overwhelmingly thrown into a sense of failure, uh, disappointment within myself, a lot of shame and embarrassment, and a lot of pressured expectation that I wasn't able to live up to in my own mind. Um, I felt that I had let down a lot of people. I let my husband down. I wouldn't be able to give him children. I let my son down. I wouldn't be able to give him a brother or a sister. I let my parents down. I wasn't going to be able to give them biological grandkids. Um, I wasn't able to have that experience of being pregnant with my mom. I wasn't able to have that experience of being pregnant with my husband. Those are all things that I felt I cheated them out of. And it's a really terrible feeling when you put that kind of burden on yourself. And for me, I've always been a pleaser in a sense. I've always wanted to make sure my family is uh, pleased with what I'm doing. I don't ever want to disappoint them. I don't ever want to be uh, screwing up and causing them pain. But this made me feel like not only did I royally F up, but I completely kind of turned my life upside down. Um, and I can't pinpoint one decision that might have led me there. And i that's another part of the whole thing that's really hard is when you're going through anything um, in your life that is life-changing, 
you sit up at night thinking about how you could have gotten here. Um, what did you do wrong? What could you have changed? What did you do right? Uh, why you have this sense of, of being punished. Karma's coming back. What did I do that this could have been the end result? And your imagination just goes wild. And so for me, it was, well, when was I careless? When, I mean, I, w I wasn't promiscuous. I wasn't um, irresponsible with any partners. I wasn't, um, I wasn't that girl. And so for me to be in the spot that I'm in, I felt a sense of confusion and just anger towards why I was having to go through this. I'm a good person. I do good things. Why, why was I here? And a lot of women that I talk to have that same emotion. And to anybody who is supporting these women through something like this, you have to be that pillar of strength that completely and unequivocally can deny these claims that they make in their mind. This is not your fault. You are not a failure. You are a warrior because you're going through this. You are strength because you're pushing through this. You are not a disappointment. These are things that we need to hear because our mind is hammering us constantly with the negative thoughts. And even someone like me, who's optimistic most of the time, um, annoyingly cheerful to a lot of people, I was even having a hard time with it. And my dear husband was very, very good about sitting me down and giving me wonderful hugs and cuddles and reminding me that there's nothing I could do to change this and that something else was coming and that I wasn't a failure and that I was a terrific person, a, a beautiful woman, um, a, an incredible mom, a great wife. He would constantly validate the positive things for me. And that helped a lot to somebody who is going through this, who doesn't have that, find it because it will make such a huge difference. That one person who's your cheerleader, I don't care how they fit into your life, that person will make such a huge difference while you're going through something like this. So I went to the surgery Everything was okay. Physically, I healed really well. No complications. It was a real easy recovery. Now, my healing uh, on a mental, emotional level took a little bit longer. And I, I don't think I actually began healing until about a year after everything happened and settled. Um, I was in denial for a really long time, and I think there's still a sense of some denial. I haven't necessarily worked through all of it, and I feel okay t saying that because I'm open to understanding how my emotions work and allowing them to, to come forth and 
um, letting them have their moment. So I was in denial for a really long time that anything had changed, anything was wrong. I had been through this ordeal and I didn't want it to have any effect other than what it already had. And so I let it just kind of be. And I didn't talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. And it wasn't until a client of mine who happens to be a therapist really started asking me questions and helping guide me through some situations where I was feeling um, alone and lost and I didn't understand why. And I had this sense of um, sadness and I felt empty um, on cer- in certain ways. And she helped me understand I hadn't grieved for what I lost. You have to grieve anytime you have any kind of a loss, whether it's a relationship, a person, an experience, something that you look forward to, something that you love and care for when it's taken away. You have to grieve for it in order to properly move on. And so when she explained to me that you have to grieve for the loss of what you don't have and what you won't have anymore, that's when you'll feel better about yourself and you can move on. So she's the one who really helped me work through a lot of the emotions that I was feeling and helped me figure out my biggest problem was that I didn't understand or let myself release my emotions. I People let go of their emotions in many different ways. Some go out and ride motorcycles, some work out, some paint, um, some, you know, write. Um, I didn't, I've never really had that outlet. Um, and she said, well, you need to find one. Where do you feel comfortable and secure to let your emotions out? And oddly enough, I have found that my favorite place to kind of release all of my negative energy and emotions is crying in the shower. (laughs) Um, And it's weird, I know, but everyone's different, no judgment. Um, I've learned over the years, that's where I am able to let go. And I, I finally did it <laughs> and I did feel a hundred percent better, you know, and she said, you have to allow that denial to, to come up and then let it go, move on. You have to move past it. Let's move towards anger. Let's move towards, um, that sense of loss. Let's move towards bargaining. We need to get to the acceptance level. And it took me a good year to get there. And that's for me personally. It took me a year. Some people get through it a lot faster. Some people it takes years for them to get through because the loss is more significant to them. My loss was significant, but to me, it was more of the what it was um, connected to the, the experiences that it was connected to the things that I'll never get to go through. I'll never get to be a part of 
because I don't have that anymore. That's really what I learned was the loss that I suffered. And I also had to learn to stop putting other, assuming other people's expectations and judgments on myself. I'm not allowed to assume what my family and friends are thinking. I'm not allowed to do that. They have to be the ones to tell me. I'm not allowed to think badly of myself in their place. And that was a hard one for me. I felt like I let down a lot of people. But then when I talked to them, I realized that was an expectation I set on myself that was not realistic and it was unfair to both me and to them. And it was untrue as well. They never, ever felt that way, nor would they have ever felt that way. And so now I'm in a place of, I wake up every morning with a lot of gratitude for my life. I caught this cancer early and I was able to get rid of it. Those demons, lesions in me are now gone. That sense of failure, uh, embarrassment that I was going through this, shame that I went through it, guilt, those still hang out around me. I still feel them sometimes. Um, I still get triggered by things. And that is okay. You're allowed to carry those with you. You're allowed to have bad days. You're allowed to have your sad days. I have anxiety that I suffer with, that I've suffered with um, for many years. And it's definitely been heightened through this experience. And it manifests itself in different ways now. So before I used to get triggered by one thing, but now it's something different. And so I've just had to become more aware of how to manage it and how to understand it, read it, and work through it. Now, in the mornings, I get to wake up and feel the blessings that I have, that I have this wonderful life. I have a very supportive, loving husband. My child is a superstar. He's fantastic. And we just finished the process to adopt. We just signed the papers. And it's like this morning I woke up and I thought, God, I have a fantastic life. And even though I went through something sad and terrible, through it all, I have learned so much about myself. I have rediscovered me in a way I never would have had I not gone through this. I look at things so differently now. I relate to people on a very different level. I offer my opinion and advice in a very different way now. And I am so happy with the life that I have that it makes everything I've gone through seem like it's been building me up for what is to come. And I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason. 
something happens to you to prepare you for something in the future. And I have believed that for a really long time when I had this whole medical thing come up, I lost that faith for a little bit. I thought, why am I getting punished? Why am I doing this? It seems so unfair that I have a beautiful home and family and I I have the means to bring a child into this life. But then I see people who should not be having children, just continuously having children. And it upsets you. And still to this day, I get upset when I see somebody who's pregnant, who I think, how are you able to have a baby, but I'm not? And I, I'm allowed to feel that way. It's okay. And that may never go away. And I have accepted that that may not go away. And I don't hide the emotion anymore. I will say it out loud so that it gets acknowledged. And so those things don't ever change. I don't think they ever change. Um, they might um, diminish, uh, decrease, you know, the. I might be able to get through a whole video of something without crying like a like a baby, you know, I don't think it will ever happen. I think that who I am now and how I react to things is kind of my new normal. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally open to evolving. <laughs> but I am okay if it doesn't change too. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving and the holiday season and giving thanks, I I've learned that I wake up every morning and I, I'm filled with the blessing that I have. I understand that my life is, is very, very good and that unfortunately others don't wake up with the same thoughts. They don't wake up to the same things. Um, and that makes me sad, but I know that if you wake up, that's a blessing. That's something to be thankful for. The fact that you did wake up, right? That you can go to the bathroom on your own, tie your own shoes, brush your own teeth. Those are blessings. Those are things we take for granted sometimes that we need to offer a sense of thankfulness that we can do it. And so in closing this episode, I want you to really think about something in your life, maybe it's not ideal. Um, maybe your whole life isn't ideal and what you want. But I really want you to focus on when you wake up in the morning, finding one positive thing about either what's surrounded around you or something that's going to happen that day or just something within yourself that you're proud of. Because what I've also learned is that waking up with that mentality definitely helps me throughout the day um, with other things that may pop up. And to anybody who's going through a similar situation or has gone through a situation, we are all in this together. You're not alone in it. And I want you to feel comfortable opening up to your friends and family about it because they're going to be the ones that give you that strength to continue to heal and be open about what you're feeling and what you're going through. They're going to allow you that freedom to release those negative emotions 
those negative feelings and thoughts and continue forward in your healing journey and continuing to develop a better sense of yourself after you've encountered something like this because it can be really damaging to your self-esteem and it doesn't have to be. You shouldn't allow it to have that power over you. And of course, I, I am always here to anybody who wants to talk or who needs to talk with somebody who has gone through it firsthand, who understands. I can acknowledge and validate what you're feeling and tell you, yes, you're going to keep feeling that way and it's okay. Because sometimes we just need to know that it's okay. And when someone who's gone through it can tell you that, there's a sense of relief and security that you feel and it helps to make that moment a little easier. So I want to wish everybody a very, very, very happy and lovely Thanksgiving holiday. And please don't get too crazy on Black Friday. <laughs> um, and again, thank you for listening. I hope that this was a more enlightening episode for you. You got to know me in a little bit of a different way. And have a beautiful rest of the day.